Yo, this is John from Noise Dosage Media, and this episode is brought to you by Begrudgingly Benny. Interested in putting something horrific and grotesque on your next piece of merch? Benny is tucked away in the fiery depths of COVID quarantine, blasting the filthiest of old school death metal and drawing hideous creatures that he is waiting for you to adopt. Go over to Instagram and follow at Benny and contact him if you would like some really weird original art for your band or label. Super professional, highly recommended. So first off, I'd like to uh, congratulate you on the Black EP. Dude, it sounds so good, man. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty ripping, man. It's a uh, it's a fun listen, you know, kind of short and sweet, but you know, it gets the point across. I love it. I mean, the thing about EPs, it's like yeah, like you said, straight to the point. Like as a musician myself, like I don't want to do a full album anymore. I just want to do EPs. Yeah, I mean, you- there's something to be said because it kind of, you know, I guess the attention span of the average person these days is uh slim to none so exactly kind of grab their attention <laughs> it's like 15 minutes and maybe they'll hold on for the whole thing or maybe just eh, whatever right. one song see ya right exactly i mean i was just watching some video on youtube the other day and uh it basically said that the amount of bands that have come out within the last couple of years it's insane like you just get caught up in the white noise sometimes Oh, absolutely, man. And I start, I was following, um, metal sucks would put out this, um, like shit that comes out today and whatever date they would, they do it once a week. I haven't been on there in a while, but I try to keep up with it, but it's just, it's so much, you know, right. Right. It's just like a wall. Um, so abundance of brutality. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I just had Blake on a few months ago from Pig Destroyer. He's the funniest dude I've ever met. He's awesome. Yeah, he's he's quite the rascal. He's awesome. Yeah, he just had um, a birthday um, a few days ago. But I haven't really great. seen him this year, unfortunately, because of all this shit. But, you know, he's a fun right. dude to hang out with, and drinking with him is a whole other thing. It's like, Jesus, man. Like, <laughs> I'll be, I got a like three-day hangover after hanging out with Blake. Yeah, I I listened to a podcast that he did with uh, Vox and Hops. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my but, buddy from uh, Cryptopsy. Yeah, yeah, Matt. He yeah, Matt. Exactly. They they started talking about uh, alcohol and beer and all this craft stuff. I'm like, yeah, he knows his stuff, man. Yeah, Blake. Uh, <laughs> he likes his booze. Let's just put it that way. Um, I mean, I'm still you know blown away like every time pig destroyer you know we don't really tour so we'll just do like a few shows and right i'm more drained and hung over and my body just feels like it was beaten with a freaking sledgehammer you know in those three days as opposed to like a month-long tour with misery index and a lot of that's to do with blake punishing my liver (laughs) so come on man it's a party let's go i'm like dude i gotta play drums tomorrow yeah, it's like the one. I mean, guitar you could be a little drunk; it don't matter. Like, well, he just does but, the samples, so he's right, literally right. Yeah, exactly. He he gets to stand there. Guitar players get to stand there. Vocalists they can do whatever, but drummers, no way. Yeah, your body will be like, nope, 
not happening, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so off the topic of, uh, you know, agility. So you got six bands, active bands, the three bigger bands, Scour, Misery Index, Pig Destroyer. Um, what has been like some positive and negatives of being a part of so many projects? Uh, well, the positives are definitely, um, just keeping me in shape. (laughs) Um, I actually joined lockup this year. Um, that's Mm -hmm. another super group of sorts. Um, you got Shane Embry, um, Anton who also plays with Brujeria now. Um, Kevin Sharp, you know, it's just, uh, Another another awesome, extraordinary gentleman uh, uniting and creating some madness. But yeah, we um, we've been writing and recording this year as well. So if it wasn't for me joining Lockup, I wouldn't have really gone into the studio and basically had to force myself to uh, practice and play because it, you know was kind of easy to get a uh, sidetrack this year as all of us know. Right. So right, that definitely right. um, kind of smacked me in the ass to get up to the practice space and practice. And, you know, now like getting back into it with scour and, you know, we got a little something, something coming up. So we're, uh, yeah, it's definitely, you know, a, a blessing in disguise, I guess you could say you know, being in so many bands because <laughs> it's like, you know, usually I'm playing shows throughout the year and you could get home from one run and then practice for going out with, you know, say pig destroyer the next weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's how I usually stay in shape. But this year it's just like, you know, right. Exactly. You do it when you need to. And yeah, you know, now, I guess now with, with the scour guys, do you, uh, you know, I was watching like the documentary type thing um, on your YouTube channel and it sounds like you guys do like a lot of pre-production. Do they, um, you know, give you like a MIDI to go off of and then you write off of that or how does that work? The demo process for you? Uh, the demo process is usually Derek writes everything, um, riffs and the drums. Mm-hmm. And of course he, you know, throws in just like, a rip and blast for like basically three and a half minutes straight. And he's like, here you go, man. And I'm like, dude, like I can't do that. I'm human, you know, right. but, uh, no, I mean, he doesn't, it's not that crazy, but you know, he, um, he basically has mapped out the basic ideas. And then I obviously throw in all the, the, the fills and, uh, just spice things up and just do what I do, you know, kind of thing. But, for the black right. EP, actually, I didn't hear a lot of these songs until literally like the week that I recorded them. And uh, I just got out of the studio with Misery Index doing um, our last full length. And I was down in Florida and then Derek was like, hey, you know, because um, we were going down to New, um, Louisiana to Phil's house for his uh, big first, uh, 50th birthday bash. Gotcha. So he was like, hey, while we're while we're down there, you maybe uh, want to record these drums for the black EP. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, if, yeah, if I would, uh, if I could hear the songs, that'd be cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh yeah, let me send those to you. So yeah, a lot of the stuff on there is very uh, like, you know, played once. And that was the one time it was played as of then, you know, it was like, 
I just That's kept awesome. a lot of like def- the first definitely takes. doesn't sound like it. Sounds great. No, it doesn't. Going back and listening now, I'm like, Jesus, man, like this shit is just it's just ripping and relentless and you know, some maybe of the fastest, it was just, you know. Maybe it was just a fury of like uh you know, the first take. You know what I mean? Like listening to it the first time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like when you go into the studio and you over listen to a song and then go play it, it just uh you don't get the full emotion. Which is very easy to do in the studio, you know. I yeah. Mean, anybody yeah. that's a musician and who's recorded, you know, it's like at some point you just got to let go and you're not always going to be 100% happy with everything that you do, but you mm-hmm. got to just get it to a point where you're content and, you know, that's, I, I like the the one take, just rip it and, you know. Right. I, I'm not a fan of editing stuff you know of course if you got to slide a couple kicks around here and there whatever but as far as like the whole physical take like oh well we can you know try and move these toms and you know I'm like no <laughs> let me just play it perfect it. let we me just play it, it right man. and not like a jackass and then we'll move on you know so right all right so i'm gonna hit you with a big question here um you know what do you think the biggest struggle in the music industry right now is as an artist and how would you fix it if you had like the uh, power to do it? Hmm. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, well, I guess just this, um, oversaturation of just social media blasts and, uh, mm. just too much, competition everybody you know especially now with not playing shows everybody's you know you know trying to do unique things like live streams and putting out unique merch and you know stuff like this and that and it's just like it's hard to you know at least for me personally i don't a part of me just doesn't like feel right i guess when you're pushing that stuff like oh buy this from us like right you know everybody's struggling right now and you know I think things are starting to get back to normal a little bit, I guess, as far as like just daily, like whatever you do for employment. Mm -hmm. But as far as music goes, it's, you know, still a struggle and is going to be for a while. And yeah, I, I've, I mean, the people I've talked to, they don't think it's going to come back for like a year, maybe year and a half too. Yeah. Like live music. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're still holding on to, like, the summer festivals next year over in Europe. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, Misery Index is supposed to do Hellfest. And, you know, I was talking to Mark and Jason about it the other day. And I was just like, man, I cannot imagine yeah, like, like 150,000 people in the middle of a field in France. Yeah. Like, there's no dude, way, it, dude. There's no way. I, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Like, I'll go on YouTube and watch, like, live music. And I'm like it feels more than like eight months or seven months or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, feels like an eternity. All right. So oversaturation. Yeah, um, I guess that, I mean, there's, that's definitely a huge thing now, but over, it, over pushing, uh, merchandise on people. That, basically. and I guess just, I know everybody's got to promote themselves, but I feel like if you over promote, sometimes then people just are gonna just scroll as fast as they can past your post (laughs) you know what i mean well well now with like (laughs) oh my god friday so 
I deleted Facebook. I can't stand it. I'll I'm use not on Instagram. Facebook either. I'm only on yeah. Instagram. Instagram, it's owned by Facebook, but it's a different platform, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. But but Friday, every day they have these sponsoring days where bands just dump money, and you can tell because it's just a laundry list of sponsors every Friday. And I'm like, holy crap, man! Like these bands are still trying to push, man. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah, man. And I know it's just like it's stuff that you got to do and you might gain a few more fans doing something like that. But, you know, it's just there's so much competition now, you know, and -hmm. it's going to be like that with shows, too. Whenever shows return, you know, there's going to be, of course, you know, the the guinea pig kind of tours that happen. And I'm curious to see how those are going to go. And you know, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of what ifs and Mm. it's just going to be a whole new world. You know, it's not going to be a normal show as we know it, you know, it's going to be really, really bizarre at first, I think. Yeah. I, uh, I think, I think it was like four months ago. There was like a, I don't know where you're at. If they did any, you know, quarantine shows were like that, like seating six feet or whatever apart. Mm-hmm. they did that here and it was super weird it was very weird but um i went it was all right but I yeah know. i went to one actually um that's cool me and uh john gallagher and our girlfriends went to go see um kicks the beatles of mm-hmm. baltimore nice um they did like a drive-in show it was funny there was a comedian that you know was like the opening act and um he was raunchy i mean it was like <laughs> if you brought your kids that's not my fucking fault you know i was like damn you know but uh he's like i don't know if you guys are laughing at my jokes so you're gonna have to do something different like flash your lights or spray your windshield wiper fluid you know if you think it's really hilarious honk your horns you know just go so that was pretty funny you know everybody kind of ran with that and you know I accidentally actually splashed some people with my windshield wiper fluid. I was like, oh, that's shit. Funny. Yeah, Sorry. Walking, uh, that's hilarious. That is funny. Yeah, I mean, they they started doing that here for a little bit, and then they stopped. I don't know what the hell happened. but um, Yeah, that could right. be, you know, something that might be the new norm for a little bit, especially, you know, whenever it's yeah, like the warm, driving things. You know, when it's warmer out again. Um, right. We'll see. You know, it's... Well, that's what everybody keeps saying. It's like that's that's been this year. That should be the fucking motto or the slogan for 2020. Yeah, right. We'll see. Right. I've been calling it the wrecking ball. Yeah. Uh, um all right. So uh three albums that have helped shape your drumming style. Like I don't know, drummers or albums. What do you think uh would be the best representation of that? Uh I'm going to go with um Metallica, Master of Puppets, nice. um, Sepultura, Beneath the Remains, and um, Morbid Angel, Covenant. Nice. All right, here's a question. Uh, Metallica, how many times have you seen them? Actually, my first concert was Metallica with uh, my cousin John, who's in Scour as well. Um, nice. I was 10 years old at the time and went to see uh it was metallica danzig and suicidal tendencies in 1994 
Yeah. So that was like definitely a game changer. And I had already started playing drums at that point. I started when I was like eight, but I remember after right. that show just being like, Whoa, like this is, yeah. a, this is like, I knew even then, like, this is some amazing stuff, you know, going to a concert like that and just being mm-hmm. like, wow, like I want to do that. You know, everybody's yeah. every kid's dream, I guess. But, uh, my, my dad threw on the, uh, the black album on CD. I do that CD is so shot up, man. Cause I listened to it so much. Oh, I love that record still. I mean, there's a lot, I, the whole a side, I basically can't listen to, but the B side, you know, of Wolf and man and songs like that. My friend of misery, mm-hmm you know, some great songs on that record. Right. Are you a fan of, uh, being a drummer? I mean, I think it was freaking a uh, death magnetic. Were you a fan of that album or not? I, I think it's great. I really, that's like my it. favorite. That's my favorite album by them. Uh, I even like the newest one too. Hardwired. Um, yeah, but yeah, death magnetic, like really, really caught me by surprise. And, you know, I know the production's a little, overdone and blown out and everything that's a lot of people's major complaint i guess but uh right you know lars is lars is lars i mean he he does what is called for the riff and he doesn't spice it up you know like a lot of drummers would and that wouldn't make it metallica you know it's like if you listen to acdc and all of a sudden there was like double bass you'd be like what the hell like this isn't a rock and roll beat you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I feel like that album is just kind of in their era of just like, uh, did it happen? Because I don't really hear people talking about it. I really don't. Yeah, that is true. Um, I haven't listened to it in a while. I'm, I'm going to have to put that one on again. I, I remember that instrumental track being really badass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some good a day riffs. that never comes, man. That that's that's a killer riff. Yeah, it is, man. It really is. You know, so, one of those um, more of the epic, you know, side of things where that Metallica is known for. That's definitely one of their better epic songs, I'd say. Right. All right. So the two last things I got here is, um, you know, how is being a part of Housecore Records, uh, Phil's record label? been a different experience for you and uh do you feel that like it's easier to keep it in-house or have other people work with press well for the the black ep is the first time that you know we obviously signed with nuclear blast Mm -hmm. so they kind of definitely have a stronger presence in um europe and i guess worldwide in a way i mean they're pretty much like the biggest metal label out right now i mean they're bigger than roadrunner so you know housecore is it it's very tight tightly run it's just like a family kind of thing you know it's once you're on the label you know every time i've been to phil's house it's just treated just like you're straight up just like family you know it's really take care of you and you know kate phil's wife is amazing always make sure that you know you get you get fed and whatever you know it's just like that southern hospitality and right right because fulgora is another band that i'm in and that that was the uh i guess the first time that we sorry about that um no worries 
it's the first time that I actually um, met Phil and um, got to really know him was because of Fulgora. Mm-hmm. And we went down there and recorded some stuff, me and my cousin John. Um, that was back in like 2013 or 14, something like that. And I remember it's just like when we left, it was just like, wow, like what an amazing experience, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. To me, feels such a legend, you know? And then when you're just like hanging out at him, like, you know, you go downstairs to get like a cup of water and it's like, there's Phil and Samo sitting there drinking coffee and smoking a cigarette, just on right. his couch doing what he does, you know? He's like, hey, yeah. what's up, man? You want some, <laughs> you want some coffee? You're like, yeah. He's like, you want some breakfast? You're like, damn, Phil, you all right? <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. He's man. a cool dude for sure. So, um, the last thing I'll uh, you know conclude to is uh, objectives and priorities when uh, Scour came about. Like, what were you guys trying to like do? Um, I think it was just something different that people wouldn't really expect Phil to be a part of. I mean, you know, it's, I guess they didn't really know who they were going to have doing vocals at first when Derek and John started writing some of the stuff. But, uh, you know, when Phil gave it the thumbs up and said he wanted to be a part of it, you know, it was like game on. And, you know, a lot of people are just now, discovering scour with the black ep there's a lot more press and everything this time around and obviously people aren't really doing as much and there's you know a lot more people are just sitting around on instagram or facebook and you know (laughs) as we were discussing earlier but uh well well, i think the intention was just to like really do something that would kind of be totally out of left field and really surprise people whether you like it or not i mean you know Mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. ferocious and in your face and that's what scour is aiming to do and does i guess you know yeah i found out about this project in the beginning of the pandemic and i was like no no freaking way and i sent it to my friends and they're like dude you didn't know about this i'm like what uh, i'm like i felt i felt totally out of the loop like because, poser uh, yeah i'm like are you kidding me like this is a thing because like i was talking to blake and then i'm like no way this is like a super group like what the hell's going on but uh yeah so what is the plan uh when you hit the road what band do you think is uh gonna be touring first well, Misery Index had already announced a tour for September of next year. Um, we were going to try to do it in March, but obviously that was like being way over ambitious and like not going to mm-hmm. happen kind of thing. So that's the only thing that's really on the table other than like a few festivals. Um, I know like Pig Destroyer is doing uh, Psycho Las Vegas and um, – it's you know it's just that what if you know or let's see what happens yeah, yeah. like i was saying earlier but um scour so, didn't really have anything on the books because you know phil was going to be doing the down uh 25th anniversary of the nola record they were going to do all those shows and then he's still doing the you know phil and the illegals are still doing the pantera set at a lot of those Eurofests, and um so scour was basically going to be just like 
we were eventually going to put out the black EP and then we still only played like 10 shows or something like that. So still right. pretty, pretty new thing, you know, but we hope to get out there and do something hopefully sooner than later, but everybody's just right. still playing catch up from what they were supposed to do this year. So now, it's gonna... now is Scour planning on like doing uh like long winded tours or just shows like scattered? I think for now it's probably just going to be, yeah, more just like festivals and higher profile, you know, bigger Euro fests or like we did Maryland death fest and um, like Ross skilled in Denmark. Um, we did Hellfest, um, a Tecate, the Tecate metal fest down in um, uh, Monterey, Mexico, which was sick. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's just like all kind of just like a, more of like an event band, you know? Right. Oh, that's cool. We hope to do a all tour right. at some point, but I think it's still going to be, you know, just kind of like just bigger, higher profile festivals and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Perfect. Um, well, if you come to, uh, Buffalo in any of your bands, I'll be there. So, uh, sick. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while Thank since you. we've been up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Buffalo chicken wings, man. The home Hell of the yeah, and the garbage plate, right? Isn't that up there? Oh, well, that's that's Rochester. That's Rochester, an hour away, close enough. But, uh, you know, yeah, I used to live there, but I just moved like a couple uh, months ago. So I bet it's freezing uh, balls up there right now. Yes, it is. It is uh, freezing. It was like forty <laughs> degrees the other day. Oh well, that's not that bad. Yes. Well, snow's coming down. Wind. I, it's the wind that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm right next to the lake, so you get the breeze. Oh yeah. But goes straight right, through yeah. to your bones. Exactly. Damn it! I'm blowing up. Sorry. You're good. All right, Adam. Well, uh, thanks for uh, hopping on. We made it happen, and uh, I'm uh, super stoked for whatever comes from you. So. Well, hell yeah. Thanks for your time. And yeah, keep on keeping on.